Father, we just love you this morning. We thank you for this time, God, where we can come into your presence. God, we thank you that when we call on you, God, you're here. God, you join us. And so, Father, we pray that as we continue in, in service this morning, God, that you'd speak to our hearts through the words um, that you've given Sean this morning. God, I pray that you wouldn't let us leave this place unchanged this morning. God, do what you need to do in us this morning. God, just tweak in our hearts, God, whatever you need. God, we love you, and we just thank you for this morning, and we give it to you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, amen. Uh, I hope everybody is having a really, really good summer. Uh, thank you, Philip, by the way, for leading us in worship. That's very powerful. And uh, man, yeah, let's give God the glory. So, um, you know, we uh, have a couple teams out on mission trips. If you are visiting with us, uh, we have a, a team in Portugal. We also have a team in Cambodia. Uh, we had a team just get back from San Antonio. And then tomorrow we have a team leaving uh, for Corpus Christi, obviously, that we prayed for. And so a lot of, a lot of people are out. A lot of people are on, uh, doing different things. And so we just need to continue to keep them up in prayer. Um, you know, it's really uh, fascinating um, kind of going from kids camp to, uh, you know, adventure week and then going right into a mission trip. And, you know, as I've had some time to reflect, um, you know, it's, it's been kind of an interesting journey because, you know, I found myself on the trip this past week just kind of losing myself and, uh, and not, you know, I, I started to forget about Sean and, forget about me and what's going on in my life. And my, my focus just kind of turned to the people that we were working with and the group that we were with. And, and all of a sudden, I just, I, I just had this feeling of, man, this is just really, uh, you know, what it's like to really just kind of follow Jesus and be in a state of, of I guess, a humility. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit this morning. And um, you know, humility is when you just forget about yourself. Uh, you, a lot of people think humility is, you know, you're always putting yourself down and you're always maybe, uh, you know, j just kind of saying, oh, I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at this. And, oh, I, I don't want to be in the limelight or anything like that. But really true humility is just literally forgetting about yourself and being focused on, on God's work and, and focused on people. And, you know, I wanted to start off reading a scripture this morning out of Philippians chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can do that or get on your smartphones. Scripture up there. And by the way, if, if you are visiting um, and you don't know me, my name is Sean Powell and I'm the family life minister uh, here. And I'm just it's a privilege when Lee asked me to to preach this morning. Uh, I was excited to, to be able to do that. So if you have have your Bibles uh, turn, this is a very popular um, set of verses, and I'm sure you've probably heard this before. And let's go ahead and, and kind of dive right into it. If there is any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. And then in verse three, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. 
Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he, there, there's that word again, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And you know, we, we, we see this word uh, humble come up several times in this and in this passage. And, and so if you think about when you serve other people and when you're doing things for other people and you're uh, you, you have this, you just, you quickly just try to forget about yourself and all of a sudden you're in the middle of just having fun. You really don't care what you look like anymore. Uh, and if you've ever been on a, a mission trip or anything like that and you're just kind of rolling in and, you know, you're not really that concerned about yourself. You're just totally focused on the work you have to do and the people that, that, that you're serving. And it's, it, it's a really neat place to kind of be, be in that in that zone, so to speak, that, that humble zone. And if you've never experienced that, we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about that just a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I want to uh, talk to you all about a book this morning, and it's called Unoffendable. Now, this, this book has been really powerful in my life. I've listened to it three times, and uh, it seems like every time I, I either read it or I listen to it, God shows me something new about myself and shows me something new about the Christian life. And I was going to speak on something totally different. And, but this book just kind of kept coming up in my life. And I, I really, every chance I get, I really encourage people to really get a copy of this or download um, you know, this and, and listen to it. I, I enjoy listening to it because actually the author actually is the one speaking in the book. Uh, many of our staff have read this, uh, and uh, Lee's read it, and everyone, our community group, we actually, uh, our community group was able to go through it, and um, we, we just, we devoured it. We really, really, uh, there was so much, so much in it. Now, please don't get me wrong, obviously God's Word is, is paramount and, and number one, but this is a, this is, this leads you back to God's Word. And what I want to do this morning is just try to share a, li- a few things that he has shared uh, in this that has impacted my life and kind of just kind of make you curious about the book and, and for you to be able to get it. First of all, let me tell you how I, um, how I came across the book. I was having coffee with a friend of mine and he was telling me about the book and he said, Sean, you need to read this. And my, my uh, words were, I, I don't need to read that. I really don't get offended that much. And uh, I really don't feel like that's a weak spot in my life or a blind spot in my life. And, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident and, and I, I really don't feel like that's, that's quite my niche. And, uh, and so he, and then he said, Sean, that's exactly why you need to read the book. And so, uh, so I downloaded a copy of it and I started to listen to it. And sure enough, I just, it really, uh, impacted my life because I really saw in myself that I get offended uh, and and I'm critical and I'm 
And I've always dealt with anger in my life. And as God has, has brought me to a certain place, I, you know, man, I'm four steps, you know, I, you know, I go four steps forward and then three steps back and then I keep going. And so I, I deal with anger. And so I, I just, I wanted to ask you, uh, how many of y'all deal with anger? Just kind of raise your hand. Okay, good. All right. How many of y'all uh, get offended uh, by people? How many of y'all get offended? Okay. How many of y'all offend people? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thought about, uh, you know, this book and is it appropriate for everybody? And it's kind of like everybody sneezes. Everybody sneezes. Some people sneeze real loud. So I, when I sneeze, I sneeze really loud. And man, I just take the doors off, you know, when I sneeze. And some people sneeze like Terry Kubosh. She sneezes really, really small, you know, and and so you can't even tell she's necessarily sneezing, but she still sneezed. OK, now uh, anger is like that. We all deal with anger. We all deal with with people offending us and and kind of uh, we get our feelings hurt and we're offended by them, whether it's when you're driving or you're, you know, you're in traffic or whether you're at work or, you know, somebody will say something and you're like, man, how rude. You know, you know, was that or you're in Walmart and, you know, some somebody does something, you know, you know, it's a long line or, you know, somebody has their cart right in the middle of the aisle. You're like, man, people just can't drive their cart, their, their grocery cart at Walmart, you know, and, and you, you know, some of us are like, you know, full blown. We're like, man, that person's an idiot, you know, and when you're driving, uh, you're like, man, that. That, that person cannot drive. They need to go back to driving school. And, you know, we assume this position of superiority, uh, whether, whether we realize it or not. And even as Christians, we do the same thing in, in the church. And what, what the most striking thing was about this book is, is how Christians are so easily offended. I mean, it is absolutely uh, really astounding. This guy, uh, Brant Hansen, is the author and he is a radio host of a Christian, you know, uh, radio station. And uh, he has sometimes he'll have people call in and kind of complain about him. Like, for example, he'll say the weather and he'll say, uh, you know, today is uh, unusually warm today. It's going to be 82 degrees outside. Usually it's 72 degrees. And then he'll get a call from one of the callers and say, hey, you are totally wrong on that weather report. You are absolutely totally wrong. You, you know, this is not unusual. God knew and ordained that the weather was going to be 82 degrees. And, and so, you know, he has story after story. He also plays an accordion and, uh, which is random, but he plays an accordion and people call in and they request songs and different things. Well, he was, he was playing a song, uh, danger zone by Kenny Loggins on his accordion. I get that's talented. I think, uh, and, uh, and he's singing along with it and the person's singing along with it. Well, uh, some, a caller called in and says, well, we obviously know that you practice the secular songs more than you do Christian songs. And you are, you are a lot better singing danger zone than you are this other, uh, uh, other song. And he's like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm just on an accordion. And, and so he, he has these just random people call him up all the time, just asking, you know, just, just saying these weird questions. And, you know, Christians have a tendency. We, we just get, 
we, we just get annoyed. He, he, he quoted, a, there was a, an author that said, Christians get offended easier than any other group. And he disagreed with that in the book. He basically said, everybody gets offended and with, with different things. And so we, we have a tendency just to uh, have a higher uh, degree of, of who we think we are. So for example, he has a chapter in the book called The Elbow. And, uh, and he said, now he, and he starts off and he kind of says, now you weren't thinking about your elbow uh, when you first started reading this chapter, but now you're probably thinking about your elbow. And, you know, so how many of y'all are thinking about your elbow now? You're probably thinking about your elbow. Now, if your elbow is inflamed and you banged it up against a wall and you're, you're going to, every, it's going to be real sensitive to the touch. It's going to be super sensitive. You know, when you put your shirt on or when you walk through a doorway or when you're around a lot of people, you're going to favor that, that elbow. Uh, a couple years ago, I had a, my, I went running, uh, you know, I was on vacation and I went running and I really messed up my Achilles tendon. And it took me about a year for that to recover and to fully recover. And man, I favored it. I was in a boot on and off for that full year. And, you know, and I, and I thought about it all the time. It affected the way I walked. It affected, you know, everything in my life. And so when you have an injury, it's, it's going to require, you just think about it all the time. Now, one of the things that he talks about is that we have a tendency to have a over inflamed ego. And if you think about our, our ego, and if it's a big ego, it's going to get hurt really easily. And so you're, you're, you're walking around and someone says something to you and you're like, oh, how, how rude. Man, I can't believe they said that to me. Or man, I can't believe that driver did that to me. Or man, I can't believe that. And what, he, what he's talking about is that we have this overinflated ego about ourselves. And those of you and me who get our feelings hurt really easily, we get offended really easily, we are quick to get angry it means our ego is basically out of control. Now we all have egos and sometimes we keep it at bay. And like I, I shared in, in the Philippians too, the, the Paul is really encouraging us to, uh, you know, to, to kind of look out for the interests of others and not be focused on ourselves. But when we're so focused on ourselves and our ego is so inflamed, we are going to be highly critical of other people. We are going to be very sensitive to every little nuance in our lives. And we're going to get offended wherever we go, whether it's driving in a car, whether it's it's in a store, whether it's at church. Oh, this person didn't say hello to me. This person didn't do this. This person didn't do this. You know, you come home, you're at work and, you know, because you have an over inflamed ego and you're constantly bumping that into other people, you're going to get your feelings hurt all the time. And the basic premise of the book is, as Christians, we need to strive to be unoffendable. We need to strive to, to, to live our lives in such a way that we're unoffendable. And he, he goes on to talk about Christians should, should be at the top of the list on this. We need to strive as believers to be totally unoffended by other people's actions. And we need, to, we need to have less of our ego involved. And then in that way, we glorify God more. He tells a story about a guy who uh, 
buys this really huge building in a downtown city. Um, and there's a university in this city and it is a man, it's a booming city. And this, this building is centrally located in, uh, in this city. And the guy buys this building and he's a Christian and he's interviewed and, and there's a lot of articles about him. And, and he, he, he goes on to, uh, and his name's Michael, by the way. So Michael buys this building and he says, I want to use this building, uh, to talk to people about Jesus. And, and so it's all over the news and actually Brant Hansen saw the news clip and went, Oh no, boy, that's going to be a culture war. And, and because this building used to, used to be, uh, they used to have big art shows in this building to support AIDS. And it was a, it was a huge thing and the whole city knew about it and everything. Well, Michael, the owner of the building ran into the, the, the chairman of the art show and they were talking and having a conversation and the, the chairman of the art show says, you know, we're going to be looking for a new venue uh, because obviously you bought this building and it's yours and you, you probably have different views than we did and we do. And, and Michael goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, please, please have your, your art show at, at, at our coffee shop, please. He goes, matter of fact, I will cater the whole thing. I will cater the whole thing. I will, I will. And, and the guy just kind of stepped back and he went, wait a minute, you, aren't you going to find some of the art maybe being offensive? And aren't you going to find maybe, you know, just supporting the AIDS and everything? Aren't you going to, I mean, don't you have a, have a problem with that? He goes, man, he said, I, I want y'all to come in and I'm going to pay for everything. I'll pay for the wine and the champagne. And you know what him and his wife did? Him and his wife, um, they dressed up. He dressed up in a tux and his wife. And they greeted everyone that came in the door with chocolate strawberries and loved on him and loved on him and loved on him. And the director of the art show came up to him and said, this is the best show that we've ever had. As a result of Michael opening up his coffee shop to the community and to this art venue, he was able to share Jesus's love with hundreds of people. And matter of fact, there was a girl down the street who was really big into Wicca and she, she was very outspoken against Christianity. She, she didn't like any Christian at all. And, and she was like, but she saw what Michael did. And so she comes in the coffee shop every single day and Michael sees her and gets up and gives her a big hug. And he's been able to share Jesus with her all, all because Michael said, you know what? I'm going to choose not to get offended. I'm going to choose not to get offended and not to wear my feelings on my shoulder and all this. It, it's not that he's compromising his message. He is saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I want the love of Jesus to really show in my life. Another story that he talks about is, uh, this, this is set in a Danish, uh, town and, uh, and it's a story of a pastor who is super, super ultra conservative and he doesn't really, he doesn't, there's no laughter in his congregation at all. There's no joy in his congregation at all. They're very, very super serious. Uh, when they get together, uh, nobody smiles, nobody there, there's just no joy in the congregation at all. And it, and it was a pretty small church. Well, he had two daughters and these two daughters, uh, were, were very pretty 
and and all the and all the guys in the in the in the town were 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 coming and and trying to ask for their hands in marriage and the pastor goes no absolutely not no no you know and all these suitors kind of came you know to 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 kind of be with them and 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 every single time the dad goes no well the dad eventually died and the two sisters uh never got married and they continued on their uh their lifestyle at at and kept having services everything was super serious they were real really solemn and not a whole lot of laughter whatsoever and they helped out the community in different ways and they just kind of kept on with their lives well uh one rainy night a uh a refugee comes to their door and knocks on the door and says i have no food i don't have any job i'm coming from paris and war has broken out and i have nowhere to go at all will you help me and so the two sisters took this lady and her name was babette took babette in and babette became kind of a, a maid of the house and a cook in the house and really uh just kind of, you know, helped out the sisters and she actually stayed there for a couple years. Well, uh it's kind of this is a kind of random part of the story. She ends up winning Babette ends up winning the lottery. So she ends up coming into quite a bit of money. And so she has she has all this money. Well, she decides she is going to make an extravagant meal for the sisters and for the congregation. And so she she orders ingredients from all around the world and they're being shipped to this little town this little danish town and she is going she she buys china and fine linens and she is just going to going to have the most incredible meal for these sisters and show he, she wanted to just show her appreciation well she literally spends all the money that she made that that she won on these sisters. Well, the sisters were like watching this happen and going, this is ridiculous. This is too extravagant. This is you you don't you do not need to do this. And so the ladies realized this is a gift and Babette wants to do this for us and and wow, this is, you know, uh but we are not going to enjoy this meal. And so they they made a decision. We're and they told the whole congregation, do not act like you're enjoying this meal. sit down at the table and eat but do not do not even show any laughter or anything and we're going to prove to Babette that this is too extravagant this is just too much at all you know and so as the meal goes on uh and she serves all these unbelievable dishes and incredible and they and they start eating this meal and they look around and make and just kind of making sure that everybody's on the same page nobody's laughing you know no nobody's kind of enjoying their meal and they're just looking around and all there was a general that was invited to that meal the general was actually one of the suitors of one of the ladies several years ago and he he was invited to the dinner and he was very familiar with with Paris and the outside and he began to eat the food and he looked up and he looked at Babette and he goes you are the famous Babette in Paris 
And he began to say to the whole group there, this is one of the most famous chefs in the whole world. And she was in a famous restaurant there in Paris, and she was absolutely incredible. And so as the night went on, they started to enjoy the meal more. They started to break out in laughter and, and praise and, and just they had a wonderful time enjoying the selfless sacrifice of Babette. Now, the way that Brant tells this story he does a much better job than I do. But, but right after the story, he talked about how that describes us as Christians. That Jesus has, has absolutely given us everything. He has committed his, his whole life to us and his whole purpose. And he humbled himself even to the point of death. And he absolutely did everything on the cross for us. It was the ultimate sacrifice that he paid for us. But as Christians, we, don't, we sometimes don't want to enjoy that beautiful gift of grace. We don't want to enjoy that, that unselfish, unbelievable gift with no strings attached whatsoever. And in some way, shape, or form, we're kind of like, you know, uh, I want to have a little bit of a part in my salvation. I, I want to have a little bit of works. Surely there is something good in me that, that can kind of share in, in my salvation. Surely, surely I can, you know, there's, there's some part of this whole saving thing that I can be a part of. And in our human nature, we struggle to receive that extra, extravagant of a gift. And so we, we, we have a tendency. Now, he also talks about how when children open up presents on, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, they, they open up that present and they, they, go, oh, they go crazy and they say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And they never want to give it back. You know, they, you know, they don't open up, you know, a, a PlayStation. They don't open that up and go, oh, it's just too much. It's just too extravagant for me. It's just, man, this, this is incredible, but I, I can't take this. But the problem is this, as we get older, that's exactly what we do. As we get older, when somebody wants to bless us or, or, you know, give us something or help us in some way, we're like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I can handle it on my own. I, I can do that. I don't, I don't really need, need your, your help or, or, you know, oh yeah, you can help me a little bit. But the older we get, and we do the same thing in our Christian life. You know, Jesus has given us such a remarkable gift of salvation with, with no strings attached and it's pure grace that we have a tendency to just, you know, kind of go, you know, wow, Jesus, man, thanks for what you did, but man, I can handle my own life. I'm, I'm a pretty good person after all. I haven't done those things. And you see our ego just continuing to grow. Even as a Christian, we become self-righteous in our acts of service or self-righteous in our goodness, self-righteous in our morality. And we, we become superior to those those others around us. So we feel like we have a right to say, wow, what are you doing? You're, you're, you know, you're this, you're that. And we, we take on the form of a judge 
and we start judging other people and we start doing that. And so the, what the world sees in us is anger. They see they, you know, they, they see that we always, they don't really see love in us. They don't, they don't see that we're trying to encourage them. And he, and he also, and I really want you to encourage you to read the book because he, he really, and I know some of y'all are probably having some questions. Well, you know, what about judging, you know, acts of incredible indecency and those, those types of things. And he deals with all of that. And ultimately he comes to the place that we are biased. We, we are always biased. Even the apostle Paul said, I can't even trust myself to judge my own self rightly. Only Jesus can, can look into my heart and see what's in my heart. And so, so we have, we have a tendency to, to become that judge in other people's lives. When you're driving the car, you become their judge. Wow. You need to be a better driver because I, I'm the best driver or, you know, or wow, you need to move your cart in Walmart because I know how to navigate this store and I know you should push your cart over to the side. And you know what? I, I mean, I can't believe that person said that to me. How dare them say, say, say that to me. And so we walk around with this inflated ego and we bump in, in, you know, our inflated ego just bumps into people all the time and we are constantly getting hurt and we are constantly developing bitterness in our hearts because we're so easily offended. And so it's a very, very powerful book. And so I want to, I want to share another story about this girl named Alice. This is one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, this, there was a, a pastor who went to a pastor's conference in Hawaii, by the way, if y'all want to send us to Hawaii, great. Um, but, uh, but they, they had this big pastor's conference in Hawaii and, uh, this pastor's name was Tony and Tony was in conferences all day long. And, and so he, he couldn't sleep one night in his hotel. He decided to go to this diner there in, in Hawaii and, and just eat a his 24 hour diner. And so he pulls up and he, he, he gets, you know, some breakfast and it's three o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden there's no one else in the diner. And then all of a sudden this huge group of about 20 people pour into the diner. Now these, these people, uh, most of them were prostitutes and you know, uh, they, they all pour in and he's sitting there eating, uh, at the diner bar area. And he's just watching this, these people invade this diner. And he's just like, man, this, wow, this is kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, and, and so he overhears a conversation between two of the ladies and one, one lady, her name is Alice. And she goes, Hey guys, guess what? Tomorrow's my birthday. Tomorrow's my birthday. And I, uh, uh, and they, and they start making fun of her. And they start saying, Alice, whatever. What, do you want us to throw you a party or something? Do we want you to, do you want a birthday cake? Do you want anything like that? And they were just being super mean and sarcastic to Alice. And Alice goes, no, I wouldn't want to break the record. I've never had a birthday party. And I've never had a birthday cake. So this pastor was sitting there and, um, and so he overhears this conversation and he's, He's going, wow. So he, 
he gets the owner of the diner, and he's one of the cooks, and he says, hey, come here for a second. He goes, hey, does this group come in here every night? And he goes, yep, every single night at 3 a.m. in the morning, this group comes in. And he goes, really? So the big group ends up leaving, and Tony sits back, and he goes, hey, uh, how about if we throw Alice a party? Let's just throw Alice a party. And uh, this, you know, the owner goes, oh, that's a great idea. And then his wife that's in the back cooking, she goes, oh, I love that. You know, let's do this. Let's have a big party. So Tony, the next day, Tony goes and gets a massive birthday cake. Well, word gets around the little community there that there's going to be a big birthday party for Alice. But Alice doesn't know. And so everybody starts showing up to the diner about an hour early. And Tony has this birthday cake and, and everybody is just kind of ready for this big party. And then all of a sudden, uh, Alice walks through the door and she sees everything and she sees the birthday cake and they sing happy birthday to her. And she just starts crying uncontrollably. And a, a very weird thing happened. And I wish I knew the rest of the story. She literally goes, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. She said, thank you, thank you, thank you. She goes, can I take the birthday cake and can I, can, can I show some people? She's never had a birthday cake. So you have this huge crowd in this diner. She takes the birthday cake and she walks out the door. Well, everybody at the party is like, what just happened? Um, this is, what, what's going on here? So Tony goes, hey guys, let's pray for Alice. And they all go, yeah, that'd be a great idea. So Tony leads a prayer and he prays for Alice and everybody in the room. And after he finishes praying, the owner of the restaurant comes over to him and he says, hey, you didn't tell me you were a pastor. And he goes, yeah, he said, yeah, I'm, I, I am. I'm a pastor. And he goes and he goes, well, he said, you know, I, and, and he, he says, what church, what church? And the owner goes, the, the, of the diner says, you know what? I can go to a church like that. And, you know, man, when I read the story first, when I first read it, I was just like, wow, that is just really, really powerful that because this pastor could have been easily offended by this crazy group walking in at 3 a.m. in the morning. He could have been offended by their morals and by their values. He could have been offended by what they were wearing. He could have been offended by their language. He could have been offended. There's just, there's scores of things he could have been. And you know what? He even says in his book, he even says, you know what? I actually thought about leaving because they were getting pretty loud until he heard the story of Alice. And I think this, this story really sums up this, this whole uh, idea of our goal as believers in Christ, we, we need to strive to be unoffended. And we need to strive to say, God, you are, you are the judge. You, you know our hearts. And you know what? We, we, how many times have you ever... Uh, I remember one time uh, our kids were super young and I remember this guy pulled out on me and man, we almost hit each other. And man, he was yelling expletives. And, and I was, 
I was pretty hot, and I was yelling expletives. And man, we we just mm, man, we all. I mean, it was it was it was kind of a crazy situation. I mean, it was about 25 years ago. Well, guess what? I see the guy at McDonald's. I mean, I see him, and uh, you know, I go, you know, and I was with my family, and I go up to him, and and I said, hey, you remember me? And he goes, no. And uh, and I said, well, we we kind of got in an argument at this parking lot over here. And he goes, uh, and, 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 I, and he goes, yeah, I remember that day. He said, my mom just died. My mom, I had just gotten word that my mom died. And here, here I was. And so a lot of times we don't, and we got to talk and man, we forgave each other. We gave each other hugs and, and it was all good. But I did not, and I don't sometimes take time to understand somebody else's situation, the context of why they're like the way they are. And because we have such an inflated ego, we are always thinking about ourselves. We're always thinking about our stuff, the way we look, the way we come across. And we have this level of superiority that we just, we just think we are entitled to speak in other people's lives and judge them. And, and we are constantly irritated and we constantly get our, our feelings hurt. And that is not how Jesus wants us to be. And we read that in Philippians 2. Philippians 2 was, was so clear. And, and Philippians 2 said, look out for the interests of others. Humble yourself. Look at Jesus who humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross, and he did not even defend himself. We are always wanting to be right. But I was right. But I'm right. You are wrong. I am right in this matter. And we are, we, and, and, and you know, every, every time you say that, I am right, your ego is just, just pumps up and bigger and bigger. And you walk around you know, life, and I walk around life with, with just this attitude that, that I'm better. We don't, it, it stings kind of. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And matter of fact, I want to be honest with you. When, and, and Brant, actually, I mean, he, he actually talks about how when, when somebody said that to him, that he first was offended by his comment. This, he was at a business meeting and one of his bosses said, hey, guys, I want to kind of introduce you all to a new concept. And uh, I think we need to strive as Christians to be unoffendable. And, and Brant, in the first chapter, Brant goes, I found that to be offensive. <laughs> you know, just like my friend, my friend, Sean, you ought to read that book, <laughs> Unoffendable. And uh, I don't need to read that book. Yeah, that's exactly why you need to read that book. And and so you know, I hope as, as I've kind of shared these stories with you that number one, that you, you will, you, you'll download this book and you'll listen to it and you'll read it and you'll go through it and you'll go through it again and again and again and again. The people in our community group have benefited greatly by this book. And because we are, we're, we're realizing that, wow, this is where the rubber hits the road in our lives. How many times does your wife offend you guys? How many times 
does your husband offend you, ladies? How many times does, do you just walk around just being offended by everything? And, and so at some point in time, I, I think we just need to look in the mirror and we just need to say, hey, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I've got a big ego. And we've got to be able to turn that over to Jesus. I want to read to you a quote. When you stop judging people and being offended, you free yourself up to love. And this is a quote from the book, straight from the book. When you stop judging people and being offended, you free yourself up to love. And so, you know, man, just as, as I've experienced, just kind of going on these mission trips and kids camp and adventure week, I've just seen people love. It's been, been really cool um, just to walk around our church campus for adventure week and seeing all the, the volunteers just loving on kids. And at the mission trip, just us just loving on this other group of believers. It was just, and, and you know, I, that's what Jesus wants. And it's hard when you come back and you get back into the everyday life to, to duplicate that. But I, I really believe Jesus is calling us, whether we're on a mission trip or not, is calling us to be that way at our offices. He's calling us to be that way in our community groups, our connect groups, our uh, in church and we've, we've just got to stop being offended so easily. And uh, it's not the other person's problem. It's not the other person's problem. It's our problem. And I'm offended, not, you know, just because I have an inflated ego. And we just need to be able to give that to the Lord. And, and it's not easy. As a matter of fact, in the book, he said, you know what, we're going to get angry. It's just human nature. We're going to even though you're a believer and you might have been a believer for a long time, you're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to, you're going to, you know, and, and, but don't let that anger fester. Get rid of it as quickly as possible. You know, that's why the, the Bible is so clear in saying that we need to get rid of every bitter root that starts to grow up. We just, and people are going to frustrate us and people are going to offend us. And we've got to be able to call it what it is and go, and I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm just, man, I want to honor Jesus right now. I'm going to put him first. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go there with that person. I'm not going to prove that I'm right with that person. And he, he talks a lot about anger. And so if you struggle with anger, great book to read. Um, great book for everybody. Um, I'd like everybody, if y'all could just bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. You know, this is kind of the moment of truth, I guess, when, you know, you have to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you've, you've got to just look at your ego and just ask yourself, do you have an overinflated ego? Do you think better of yourself? You think you're entitled. You think you're right. The other person's wrong all the time. You're better than that person, etc., etc. And if if you've kind of been kind of slapped a little bit today, um, like I was when I, when I read through the book, just the key is right now, you just need to humble yourself before the Lord and you need to say, Jesus, I'm guilty. I'm that I'm, I have an overinflated ego. I think I'm pretty good. Matter of fact, I think I'm awesome. And everybody else is an idiot. 
and just say, Jesus, please help me with this attitude. Jesus, help me to break through, break free of this so I can love others the way you want me to love them. Jesus, help me to break free. Help me to be unoffendable. Jesus, we just want to pause right now this morning. And Jesus, we just uh, we thank you that you're not shocked by our actions. You're not shocked by our... You've never been shocked by our behavior. You've never reacted in a, uh, in a terrible way to us. And you, you, you know our hearts. And you know where we are. Jesus, we thank you that you still died on the cross for our sins, even though you knew our heart and what it looks like. You knew our intentions. You knew our thoughts, our motives. But you still died for us, Jesus. And we just want to thank you for that. Jesus, help us to receive your grace. And Lord, help us to just go out and, and just share that awesome grace with other people. We love you and we just, we thank you. Thank you for blessing uh, Brant Hansen and for him writing this word to us. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just continue to speak through him to us. Lord, we love you. We, we lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. One more parting thing before Philip. It's interesting as you read down, I, I kind of forgot to mention this. As you read down Philippians chapter two, you come to, uh, verse 14 and uh, verse 14 uh, go ahead and show it on the deal take take a look at that so I mean man just do everything without complaining and arguing I mean it doesn't get more clear than that so I just want to just challenge y'all as we sing I want you to sing with reckless abandon and and sing to a, a God that absolutely loves us and, and died for us and cherishes us and, and wants the best for us. So let's all stand and let's sing.